Hello and welcome back to Inside Quotes, the show where my brother and I rewatch, review, and relive the staples of our childhood. This is episode 65, and I'm your host, Jeremy, and with me today is my older brother, Jonathan. Welcome back to the show. Quack, quack, everybody. Good to be back on Inside Quotes. It's been how long since we last recorded? Back at it again with the quack, quack. It has been two months, probably. I think About so. two months. And we got a good reason for it, but like we always say, making no promises. Some some Wednesdays there'll be a new episode from us, and some Wednesdays there just won't. That's just how it goes. Amen. Amen. Okay, well, uh, we also have a special guest, and we haven't been here in a long time, and neither has this guy. He's a returning guest, Jesse Vaughn. Aloha. Welcome back. <laughs> uh, well, it has been a while since you've been on i don't think you were even on one of our episodes last season no um, it wasn't i don't know how that happened we kept we kept talking about oh we should have jesse on and then 2021 just went by and we didn't have you on so sorry about that i'm familiar well, I think... <laughs> <laughs> like i i mean i get it like it is a hard thing to do alone much less managing another person <laughs> well it's it's mainly because we're saving you for specific episodes which yeah. I appreciate very much. Um, and you're still written down for the That Thing You Do episode whenever we do that. We might even do that this year. Who knows? But for today's episode, we had to make sure we had you on because today's episode is a great one. Today, we are covering... Let's say it at the same time. Ready? Three, two, one. Chitty Jurassic. Chitty Bang Bang. Jurassic <laughs> Park. Park. Man, I watched the wrong movie. <laughs> That was the first movie that came to my mind Three. that was not Jurassic Park. What did you even say? <laughs> I didn't Chitty. even hear you. I said Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> <laughs> so Jurassic Park. 1993. What a year. What a time to be alive. It, it wasn't for, for me or you. So. I, was nope. say, I was probably the only one, and I was one <laughs> years old. <laughs> uh, so I don't remember seeing this in theaters at all. So... I have seen this in a theater. I actually, I don't think I saw it during like what I would call like proper quarantine. Yeah. I didn't see it in a theater until I moved to St. Louis. Okay. I had just moved here. Okay. And it was playing for like five bucks at AMC. And I had a friend of mine who was like, I've never seen Jurassic Park. And I was like, dude, it is playing in a theater. We're going to go. Yeah. Which I will probably bring that specific story up later because since okay. he had never seen it there's at least one really violent reaction he had that was pretty funny. <laughs> cool 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 yeah um when jurassic world three whatever it's called dominion fall in order dominion fall dominion. in order <laughs> <laughs> when that one came out we went and saw it but they had one showing of jurassic park it was like a double feature but I had the re I had rehearsals at that point, and I couldn't make it. Unfortunately, I would have loved to do that. Yeah, that would have been cool. It's uh, a fun one. But that is another reason. I guess we should give a good reason on why we haven't been here in two months. That's my fault. Sorry, guys. Um, I randomly auditioned for a musical of Fiddler on the Roof, and I got one of the lead roles, and I did that for two months. So that's where I've been. You should have caught me out in uh, Franklin, Kentucky. Just community theater. 
It was excellent. So just two months to put on a show. It seems like, yeah, it was a great show, huh? A lot of oh, time to great. get that together. I mean, you saw it. You thought it was great. <laughs> I we did. pretty I much was... did all of it in three weeks. I was very surprised at how well it turned out. <laughs> I say I've never seen Fiddler on the Roof. So have I you have not? I have not. Well, this is homework for you because hint, hint, that might be next week's episode. I will. I will watch it. Trust me. Like I'm, okay. And I, I mean, Jesse, I, I think you'd really. I think you for real would love it. It's I've, got it won like best cinematography in 1970, like one Oscars. Oh, hello. It's right. it's a beautiful movie to watch. It's going on the. It's watch very list. depressing. I'm not gonna lie. I've been kind of looking forward to a depressing movie. I've been watching a whole lot of garbage lately, and I'm, yeah. I kind of need something to like remind me that I love <laughs> movies. <laughs> yeah. The other thing besides Jeremy being in the play is we also moved. So that was like we were oh, in the yeah. middle of moving, and First like of- <laughs> there's just been a lot going on. And it takes happened? a lot to move the default vault. Let me tell you what. Because yes. now we're on a second floor of an apartment, and that thing is heavy. <laughs> All right, we get, we couldn't even squeeze it through the door. We had to saw it in mi- half and then build it back. We got a million DVDs in there. Willie's in there in his dolphin tank. You know, so it's just it, it's the dolphin it's tank really that's smaller than it should be for the whale. Did we also mistreat our animals here? It, it's yeah, like that's what they did in the movies. That's what they no did animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. I mean, yes. we've already got him locked up in a vault. I think he's being mistreated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the default vault's huge. He can get up and walk around if he wants. We don't have an ocean in around. there. So what we're really freeing Willie from is the default vault. And he's been watching the same five this movies like, that's in there. Like free Willie four, which is like get him out of the vault. <laughs> which is however from... <laughs> I don't even know how many free willies there are, but whatever the next one is, that's it. There are three. With a fourth with a different person. Mm. With Bindi, the jungle girl. Bindi Irwin. Straight to DVD. Mm. Um, And I kind of want to watch that, honestly, because it's probably not bad. Um, So, yeah, life's gotten in the way. There was a time where we had to move, and then you got sick for a week, Mm. and then your voice didn't get back to, like, recording speed until the next week. And by the time the next week hit, I got sick from it, and then that put me out of commission for two weeks. And then I had this musical, and then Dad came up to visit for the first time in like six months, and and then now we're here. So and you Jesse know, has just been on hold for two months. Life, life gets in the way, but at the same time, life uh, finds, finds a way. way. Hey, there it is. Perfect. Good job. Hey. <laughs> Yeah. Seamless. <laughs> Seamless transition. So what you were on the Brother Bear episode. Yes. Right? And then you were on I think you called in for like one of our end of the year. Yeah. Yes, shows. I did. That's right. It was it was from that first year because you were like, mm-hmm. okay. The first annual which, staple awards. Yeah, it was like which wins, Princess Bride or Brother Bear? And I'm like Pfft. Princess Bride, gotta be honest with you, man. <laughs> you were the only one that didn't defend their, if I can remember. I don't think, I think you were the, one of the only ones that didn't defend their yeah. uh, movie that they were on. As, as much as I love Brother Bear, I, that's a, <laughs> I think just about any other movie I'd have been like, Brother Bear, absolutely. But that's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Regrettable. Uh, well, a lot has happened with your podcast since 
Has it? <laughs> Kinda. I mean, it's a whole new style of pod. It is. You know, that is true. Uh, because we reco- we recorded the Brother Barrick podcast in my, 21, my, my apartment two apartments ago. Jonathan wow. still lived in Florida. Remember we made like all those pancakes and like we were sitting yeah, that was our at fifth our dining episode. room table. <laughs> we called Jonathan and we were slapping each other with pancakes. And stuff. <laughs> you, we were renting a mic from Western Kentucky University. Yeah, yeah. Like things, you're right. Things have changed quite a bit. I now have the mic that we rented. It's the same <laughs> yeah. kind of mic. I can pretty much say that was the most like chaotic episode we ever recorded. Probably the hardest. So, to edit. so much so that I made Jeremy edit that one, and that's the only one that he's like ever edited. We recorded for like two hours or something. It was very long. It was like two and a half, three hours. <laughs> it was a good episode. So if you like Brother Bear and you like the Vons and you like Lego Yoda death noises and pancake slaps and pancakes as coasters, just go give that one a listen. It was more like the um, joke the inside quotes experience you know (laughs) yeah so since then you've sort of transitioned your podcast into like a movie podcast you've joined the arms the brotherhood of movie white guy podcasts whoa call me generic (laughs) but don't call me late for dinner (laughs) so anyways jurassic park jurassic park won three oscars Best sound, best sound design, or best sound effects, I mean, and then best visual effects. Uh, so what's your top favorite Oscar that they won? <laughs> I was just trying to be awkward on purpose. Don't actually, you don't have to answer that. Uh, so uh, 8.2 on IMDb out of 10. Jesse, I'm curious to see. Well, we can say, should we save letterbox scores for now or later? Uh, we can do either one. Um, later it is. Later. Perfect. I'll yeah. make sure I've got it pulled up. Yeah. So one of the things that I do on mine, and you you know this because you listen, is I'll call off like the letterboxed and the Metacritic score. Mm-hmm. Because for some reason, I kind of like the Metacritic score, even though it's not a great indicator of what like, mm-hmm a broader sense of the public thinks the metacritic score for jurassic park feels criminally low it's like a 60 it's like a 65 wow which is kind of wild for a movie that is as popular and highly regarded as this one is like Mm -hmm. an 82 on what imdb is that what you said like that's fairly high yeah 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 like that's that's a pretty that's a good score but 65 does not represent that very well oh. yeah it has like a 92 okay. on rotten tomatoes yeah that's as hard that's I mean, as high as i'm gonna go on like my beef with the ratings it just that that one feels so low to me because it's <laughs> definitely better than other things that are similarly scored yeah oh i mean out of all how do you score these among steven spielberg's movies <laughs> this one jurassic park is Probably like top twenty, right? I mean, certainly, I'd say it's. <laughs> I don't know. I, I the terminal Ooh. just keeps coming up. Oh, that the terminal Dude. slaps. I love the terminal. I haven't seen that one yet. <laughs> I have to. I'd have to look through. 
I need to see a big long list, but it is hard for yeah. me to think of a movie off the top of my head that I like better than Jurassic Park and that I think is better. I think Jaws is kind of the given answer for Spielberg's sure. best. But I think yeah. this movie is phenomenal. This is like a if you get like 10 movies on a desert island, this mm-hmm. is at least one of those 10. Like, yeah. I adore this movie. Yeah, this movie. This isn't something like. I don't know why. I mean, do you have a specific reason? Can you really have a specific reason why this movie is one of the best? I don't uh, think so. Mainly because I think it's just overall, in every single category, excellent. Yes, there, there's it, a lot of things to to love. I think the short answer is they don't make them like they used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's just a lot of things. Like, this movie made in 2022 looks different. Including Jurassic Park movies. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. It just, there's so much to love. They do so many things right. And they do so many things well that just like it comes together as like a greater piece yeah. of work. And I mean, we all know, I mean, we've all seen this probably 10 times each throughout our entire life. Easy. And we yeah. all have seen it all. We know what's happening next. But I mean, I caught myself jumping last night. Still, <laughs> it still got me every single time. It is um, wonderful. No, not a lot of things stress me out more than the raptor scene. That mm-hmm. that one was the hardest thing for me to get past as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so which which scene do you think made you jump the biggest? Like which one like really got you? Like do you have a specific moment that comes to mind? The one that as a kid, I think the biggest like jump scare is probably like when. Um, Dr. Sadler's like running through, like trying to get the power back on, and that raptor just comes out like through the tubing or whatever, through the pipes or whatever, yeah. and like, comes at her. And then she like backs up into the wall and like Samuel Jackson's arm like slides over her and she's like, Oh, Mr. Arnold, you're safe. And then it's just an arm. <laughs> See, that like, that, that was, is I was hoping someone would say it, because yeah. when I went and saw it in theaters last year. My my, I took my friend Ryan, who'd never seen it before. He's also seen like three movies ever, oh, and he's okay. he's a very tracks. mild. Yeah, he absolutely. He's a very mild mannered guy, and he like jumped out of his seat when she turned, and it was just the. I mean, he came unglued. <laughs> it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, to this day, I talk about it. I mean, li- he made a sound very similar to like. <gasps> I mean, like, just freaking <laughs> out. I mean, it was the it's, funniest thing I've ever seen in a theater. <laughs> I think we kind of, like, this movie kind of makes us connect with our inner caveman, like our, our primal instincts and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like, you know when, like, films became an actual thing and they would have silent films and the, there's that one with the train that people would go in and see and the train looked like it was coming towards the camera. It would just freak people out because they've yeah. never seen anything like that before. And they'd like run away because they thought it was coming after them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's no way to tell. That's what that, that reminded me of. There's no way of knowing. There's no way. Is, is it going to come through the screen? I don't know. You don't want to get caught pooping, you know? <laughs> I always thought that guy was pooping, but he never, he wasn't. He was just sitting in fear. His shorts are awfully it's, short, and he's sitting he pretty spread eagle. <laughs> I mean, like, every time I see it, I'm like, oh, 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 yeah, my goodness. 
I never realized he was wearing shorts because he's wearing a suit. And then whenever they first get into the helicopter and they're all talking, I'm like, I pointed out, I was like, guys, where's his pants? <laughs> you can't even see anything. It's they're, they're jammed up between his thighs, man. <laughs> he's wearing a tie and he can't even wear pants. Like that's that's wild. Dress shirt, suit coat, short shorts, loafers. They should bring it back. It's a vibe, yeah. dude. <laughs> It'll come back one day. It's what I'm wearing to the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, um, you were talking about Spielberg earlier. I think this is definitely my favorite Spielberg movie. Like, okay. I think probably a lot of people say the quintessential Spielberg movie is like E.T. or Jaws. Um, no, just a lot the commercial, of commercial, two hour long commercial for Reese's Pieces. No, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I didn't E.T. I didn't love E.T. Yeah. Like, I didn't hate it, but I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's a movie. Yeah. And I guess it probably didn't help that, like, I came to it at, like, 23, which yeah. is probably too old to come to a movie like that. <laughs> E.T. freaked me out as a kid. Yeah. I was, I yeah. was, I was scared of it. <laughs> um, yeah, and then there's the Indiana Jones movies, which I love those, but just, mm. like, you know, Jurassic Park is, like, that's, like, top tier. And, uh, and I think like the music in this is so good. Probably gonna just jump to the music early on, but like this is probably like my favorite John Williams score too. Mm. Like good old JW. This is J-Dubs. this is like one of my favorites. I, I was thinking this the other day. I've I've I don't normally listen to movie scores, but I, I I've been listening to the score to the Batman lately because it's just very good. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about it. Movie scores today are not what they used to. Not not what they used to be. Uh, and I think Hans Zimmer probably has a lot to do with that. Yeah. Because he's done a lot of like a lot of Nolan's movies and they're very like. They're fairly ambient. They're sonic. Yeah. Like they're not. They're not like meant to stand on their own as pieces of music. They, they are yeah. meant to accompany the film, which like mm-hmm. is the purpose. And I understand that. But like if you compare like a Hans Zimmer score to a John Williams score. They're, they're, they're not even similar in any way. They're, they're almost indistinguishable as functionally the same thing as a movie score. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, I think that this is a safe place, safe space. At least I, I'm just going to go out and say, I don't really care about Hans Zimmer. He's, he's very done, overrated. He's, he's done, done some, some great work, great work, but like even his best work, I'm never like, I'm going to sit down and just play a Hans Zimmer score. That doesn't. Yeah. yeah. I, I, think... I always enjoy it in the movies that he works on. But yeah, I don't yeah, yeah, listen yeah. to them. But without the movie, on their own. It, it doesn't I'm quite gonna... have the legs. Did he like, do Dune? Dune? Yep. <laughs> he Bro. did do Dune. And <laughs> he did do Dune. I think the music in that is incredible. Mm-hmm. But when but you that's put... not something you're going to listen to on the way to work in the morning. Exactly. Yeah, I, I try. <laughs> like, it's kind of like. The nice thing is that because it's tied so dependently on the movie, I can kind of see some of the scenes in my head, but yeah. it's not like it doesn't have the musical legs to like carry itself. Like, I don't want to mm-hmm. listen to it on the way to work, like you said. Right. Yeah. It he did put bagpipes in that score and it was kind of great. <laughs> There's a track that's not in the actual movie score. That's he really, really hits the bagpipes hard and I kind of love it. <laughs> <laughs> I like 
I mean, did did he do? He did. Um, Nolan. Does he do all of Nolan's movies? Almost. Ex- I mean, at least since The Dark Knight. At least since Batman Begins. Tenet? I think. I don't think he did he, Tenet actually. Okay. No, Ludwig Göransson. Tenet was. That's why I like that one out of all of this <laughs> movie. Yeah, I don't like. I don't like Hans Zimmer at all. No, we're good. No, I can just cut that one off. Yeah, I right here, right now. Ludwig Göransson who did that one. I love that. He's like the little boomwhackers. Yes, he but, did. You know yeah. what? I didn't. I could never have said that, but until you mentioned it, let's see. <laughs> um, I a few years ago, um, I listened to a, a podcast. It's called the Soundtrack Show, and it's a show where um, it's hosted by a guy named David W. Collins, and he like reviews like film scores and that sort of thing. And it's yeah. a little bit of music theory, but he does it in a way that's like in layman's terms and you can he he kind of explains like why the music choices serve the movie well mm-hmm. and he did like a two episode thing on Jurassic Park and it like blew me away like this was a few years ago i listened to that yeah. and like i immediately went home and like rewatched the movie <laughs> so that's my recommendation like go check out that podcast i think it's on hiatus now it was a few years ago but the soundtrack show check okay. it out sounds lovely he he, he can talk about music way better than i can so there we go well <laughs> this is probably one of john i almost said john adams john adams <laughs> this is probably one of john williams's best probably due to the fact that he is actually in the movie did y'all know this john no. williams is oh wait never mind it's just richard attenborough <laughs> looks exactly the same Okay. Simple mistake. Sorry, guys. <laughs> they spared no expense getting John Williams. <laughs> what a! It is one of his better pieces. I, I think every every like the music is so good. Yeah. Like it, it is fantastic. I, I went and got a haircut today, and I knew that the only way I was going to try to even get close to fitting the movie in was if I like downloaded it on my phone and started playing it as i drove home so i was mostly just listening to it as my phone sat in my pocket and the music is fantastic even without having getting to see any of it like the music and the sound really is so good as if it won an award for it or something but yeah just like the way that the dinosaurs breathe Mm. it doesn't really sound like any other like animal or beast or anything you know it's just so like bone chilling. It's predatory. <laughs> predatory. Um, speaking of, we spared no expense. <laughs> Top. I mean, that's one of his best quotes. Tell me something right now. He spent a lot of money on the entire park. He spent a lot of money on the employees, the research the actual dinosaurs, like the food, everything that goes into it, great. Except for the ice cream. You remember the ice cream scene? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bro went to the Dollar General and got the $2 gallon-sized tubs. And he was like, oh, it's good. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's like French pastries right behind him, like a whole buffet of it. Sometimes you just need the classics. But the French pastries weren't melting. <laughs> That's true. But like, 
I've never even put that together. Like the power was out and he was eating all the ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So <laughs> I, I just thought he was binge eating. <laughs> He's stressed. I mean, you've been to an ice cream parlor and they've got the big giant tubs. Like it's No, that's different. Probably just No, that's that's commercial. That's what commercial are, use. Hey. This is this is these were invented specifically for family reunions. And that's it. I'm not here to yuck on your yums. I'll I'll take it. Can we talk about how funny this movie is? Like there are some really like there are some parts and lines that are like supposed to be funny. But there are also some like throwaway throwaway lines and like throwaway little like visual physical gags that are so funny, but they just barely even touch on them. Mm -hmm. Like I've got like, let's see. Like five things written down here that I just think are the fu- like they're hilarious to me, but they just don't even dwell. They just barely mention it. Jesse, let's hear your your top five funniest so, moments. <laughs> top five. <laughs> I you know the scene when uh, Hammond first flies into their dig site and he's like in the kitchen, he's popping the champagne, all this stuff, <laughs> yeah. and like Alan Grant's got his finger in his chest. He's like pointing at him, talking to him, and he turns around like shake, like goes to shake his hand, but he just grabs his finger. <laughs> you know what i'm talking about so he yeah. does this he pulls his hand up and goes and just blows yeah. this big cloud of dust off his hand like they didn't have to do that but they That's did it so and it's great. hilarious i just love just shakes his finger and goes big cloud of dust i mean it's just i think That's it's cartoonish. hilarious um i thought it was funny that he was in there in the first place and he was just like oh no no allow me he was like the host of their own trailer, it's, pouring them their own drinks. It was really funny. That's always stood out to me as like funny, even as a kid. Like this guy just shows up, he's in their trailer, and he's going through their fridge. Like, <laughs> just, <laughs> oh so yeah, I just always thought that was funny. <laughs> Make yourself at home. And so, like, he's standing there in their little trailer. He's giving them their pitch, like, "Hey, I need you to come with me." And you're like, "Blah blah blah." The kids are going to love it. And Alan Grant's like trying to ask a clarifying question, and uh. Ellie Sattler leans over to him and is like, oh, kids, you know, like smaller versions of adults. Like she just like yeah. whispers that line. Like it's just barely in there, but it's, I think it's hilarious. There, um, okay. We watched it with subtitles and there was a lot of lines like that where she was just like saying these little digs at him like here and there. And like, I never really picked up on it because it's, it's, it's very quiet. Dude, the subtitles digs. make this movie just Good a one. little better. Ah, yeah. get out of here. <laughs> um, there's this scene where you get introduced to Dennis Nedry. He's ordering all that food and the Dodgson mm-hmm. comes by and like, he's showing him the little Barbasol can and he sprays it to show. He's like, Oh yeah, TSA can check it. And he just takes it and wipes it on his pie. Like it's like it's whipped cream or something. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, yeah, again, yeah. you didn't have to do that, but they did. Yes. And it's, it's, it's confused me to this day. I'm just like, what? That's, <laughs> it's going to be disgusting. And he's just going to eat it. <laughs> Uh, I I even think like it wasn't even his own, if I recall correctly. Like there was like a no, dessert just, cart he just next like to it. Leaned over and so <laughs> someone else is going to get that. What I mean, regardless, it. it's hilarious. It's something they didn't have to do, and they still chose to. <laughs> yeah. I'm realizing. Okay, so that was one. I love little shaving cream. Uh, you get the part where like all the funny parts happen before there's like any like real drama. Obviously, like you don't. That kind of yeah. like cheapens it, and they don't they don't do that with this movie, which I really appreciate. Yeah, none of the Raptors tell jokes. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed in Jerry <laughs> Seinfeld 
didn't pop up and dressed as a raptor. What's with the velociraptors? <laughs> I mean, um, they're not even venomous. They're just traveling packs. <laughs> one goes left and one goes right. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, so they're doing like the little the little tour thing where they're sitting in the little ride and you got like the Mr. DNA stuff. And so then like the ride turns and you're seeing little scientists mm-hmm. and Gennaro, the, the lawyer is like, Oh, are these, uh, these little auto, um, uh, erotica. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're just like, again, a line that didn't need to be there. Just, you barely <laughs> even notice it, but it's, <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no animatronics here. <laughs> I mean, he said no, no animatronics in this theater or something. Yeah, know. something like that. And then <laughs> the last two that I have written down both involve Dennis Nedry again. One is like when he crashes into the sign, pointing him to the dock. He flips it one way and then another, and then like spins it like it's a wheel. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like if you think about this. That error, that sign was nailed down. Like there, that sign is not a, supposed to spin. They did that just for the joke. Like <laughs> in real life, they would not allow you to flip it around and get it confused. Like spared no expense, yeah. right? The signs are sturdy. <laughs> just a funny little joke. Yeah. And the last one, you're just gonna have to bear with me. Like the scene where Dennis Nedry gets killed by the Dilophosaurus. Yeah. yeah. He he falls down that little waterfall, right? Like it's raining, he kind of like slips down the hill. Okay. There's this little tiny sound effect that gets dropped in. That's like straight out of like a Tom and Jerry Looney Tunes cartoon. Little, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I promise I think you, I know what you mean. Like it's it's there. Here, I I meant to pull this up beforehand so I'd have it ready, and now now here I am, caught pooping, <laughs> like Jeremy would say. Um. Yeah, yeah mine's it. loading. Okay, so pull up that video, and at f- at around like forty seconds is the part where he slips down the little hill, and you'll just hear a little whew. Okay. Right to the thing there, and then pull down this thing here, and I pull back up. Like, this is a serious movie. I think like it's a, the same guy that probably was preparing. I don't know if Space Jam came out. It came out after this. But they're using Looney Tunes sound effects. They just knew he was going to be in Space Jam. I mean, like, <laughs> this is a serious movie. There are, like, some seriously terrifying, like, scenes in yeah. this movie. And they're like... But the death scenes were not Looney. serious. The de- None of the death scenes were serious. <laughs> It's all the people that you wanted them to die. Yeah. I mean, yes. (laughs) But it's it's also not just like played. It's not meant to be played for laughs. But I just think it's hilarious that that, they just tossed in that little sound effect. Like like what Matt does when he makes movies for like Ben and Rachel. Yeah. Little goofy sound effects in it. Like it just I find it completely hilarious. I just love the little jokes. I'm I'm sorry. I kind of derailed that. But no, like, that was great. It's, no, I'm glad you pointed that one out. It is funny how like they're just a little tiny nuggets of humor 
And there are like, like I said, the, the scripted funny parts. And there's all these just little things that are just in there. I know for a fact that Jeremy like laughed out loud when um, we saw the Jeff Goldblum meme of him yes. just like lying there with his shirt like, open. You know, know. It's like, <laughs> that's a good one. It's 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 a very Steven Spielberg kind of a shot with like him him being like just backlit with a spotlight or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the light beams just like coming off of him. Like it, it's and just seeing it, like only one guy made that movie and it's Steven Spielberg. Like you can yeah. see yes. it. Yeah. I I think what got me the most is like comparing his roles today to what he had in this. Like he's not like <laughs> That's not necessarily him. It's not very Jeff Goldblumy. If you if you've only seen movies from him today, he's sort of like the weird like, oh yes yes yes. Uh, I'm gonna. I think this might have been the beginning Thor of that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he, you can like, see it a little bit in him, but he decided to just be himself. Just but leaned he, into it one, hard. And most of his movies now are just him playing himself. And this is him playing somebody serious, somebody smart. I mean, he even plays it. Uh, he plays it pretty well in, yeah. in the Jurassic World. But have you seen those? I, sure. I saw the first two. I've not seen the new one. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll just wait for it to come out on HBO Max because I'm already too late. <laughs> Can we talk about the dinosaurs now? I mean, we've not really like talked about them, but they're fantastic. Jesse, what's your favorite dinosaur? Uh, in the movie or or just in general? In the movie. Um, my favorite dinosaur in the movie. I used to say it was probably the raptors, but the more I think about it, I think the T Rex scene is like the best work that they do with the dinosaurs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. pretty fantastic. Well, what's the scariest dinosaur? At least, what are you the most scared of? I'm most scared of the raptors, for sure. Okay. But I think just the scene with the T-Rex is fantastic. Yeah. I was going to say, because you were asking earlier about, you know, like, which scene scared you the most or whatnot. Yeah. And, like, the raptors definitely get you with, like, the jump scares and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, like, just even rewatching it, like, you know what's going to happen in that scene in the rain and the T-Rex, but just everything, the way it's shot, it's just, like, it's the best part of the movie for me. It's fantastic. It's just like 10 minutes of just like, it's just, I just think back of being a kid and watching that for the first time and just being like terrified. Like this movie, like it was one of those things that I was scared of it, but I loved it at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I would just watch it and it was, it was so good. Even, and I was comparing it to like even the new ones and just like admiring like the way Spielberg shoots these movies. It's so much, so much better. And like you get that suspense, you get that like yeah. there's little things in the way he's like leading your eye in like the different kind of pans and things like that. It's just like so good. Yeah, yeah. I can't find the right word for it, so I'm just going to use the word intimacy. Like there's there's definitely a relationship of sorts between the humans and the dinosaurs in all of these scenes. They're not just like oh they're there and we're running away like. Mm-hmm. They are right, right, right. there. They share like a physical space and they like, I think part of that, maybe we feel that a little more because they used animatronics in a lot of the scenes. And so there yeah. is like a physical thing there, but they're not just like a roadblock to get around. They're not like set dressing. Like mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. they're they're there and like yeah they interact and react to each other in such a really beautiful way like every scene that the dinosaurs are in is electric like mm-hmm. they're fantastic yeah for for 93 this movie ages super well it does as far as the effects it like does. and that's you know in in part because of the use of animatronics for you know yeah. good portions of it mm. but i mean even like this was like early cgi like this movie proved to like george lucas like okay i think i can like make the prequels now yeah like, yeah because for sure because of the like improvements in like cgi and that sort of thing so um yeah, I've just it always has looked so real to me. The, the T Rex, like the one, what's the the brontosaurus that's like on the ground that's like sick? Yeah, that they go the and, Triceratops. And, uh, yeah, Triceratops. Yeah, yeah. That's so great. I mean, Alan Grant is literally like laying on top of it as it breathes, and like there's mm-hmm. there's like someone or something inside that puppet that's like literally pushing him up and down. Like, yeah, it looks so good because it looks so good. Mm-hmm. It looks so real because there's actually yeah. something there. So which which ones have you seen, Jesse? You you said you've seen some two of the, the first two of the new ones. Did you yes. ever see the Lost World? I'm sh- so we used to have all three of the Jurassic Park movies in a DVD set at home, mm-hmm. but I saw them when I was so young that it doesn't even really count. Okay, okay. like there are there are probably scenes that I have in my head that I'd probably recognize. But I couldn't tell you anything that happens in those movies. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know the plot. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know anything about them. Cool. Really. So, like, seeing like two and three now would be like seeing it for the first time. I will say that um, I feel like the Lost World looks better than the third one, but it is probably the worst out of the original trilogy. See that. I yeah, I've got to I have watch always people love the Lost World though so I don't know yeah the Lost World like there there are some like huge fans of that but I I always thought it's got some really good moments because Spielberg did direct that second one it's got yeah. some really good moments but overall it's it's always seemed like long and kind of boring to me yeah and I always preferred the third one partially because they brought Sam Neill back for it I always liked that and yeah. I liked the story of the third one better so. That's the one that we rewatched a lot as a kid. Yeah. I, I have to watch those very soon. I haven't seen them yet. And I've been meaning to. But the tricky thing about being married is that I can't just watch everything I want to watch all the time. Either mm-hmm. I have to find the time to watch it by myself or I have to convince Sarah to watch it with me. And <laughs> so there's there's kind of a balance there. Yeah. yeah. Or she's like, I'll watch it with you eventually, but not right now. It's like, Okay. <laughs> we'll figure that one out that'll be okay we'll just tell them you're gonna be on like a guest again <laughs> that might work who knows yeah. i'd say none of them none of the movies like come close to this original whatsoever oh no but i do like even lost world like i still like enjoy parts of it and there's i don't know i it doesn't take a lot to please me with these sequels like i just have a good time with them <laughs> I'm not like super nitpicky on them. Yeah. And so it's just a fun time mostly. It, okay, so don't jump on my back for this, but Jurassic Park is not really you're not there for the story. You're there to get scared by the dinosaurs. It's it's an experience. It's you're like how do we get out of this? That's the story. It's not really like 
the origin necessarily, but it is more of an experience. That's why most people love this movie over any, like a lot of people, this is their favorite movie of all time. Yeah. But there's, there's a lot of things to just nitpick. That's not worth nitpicking. I mean, I would say this original one like has a great story. Like rewatching it as an adult, there was so much that I picked yeah. up on. Like, oh yeah, like you don't really like think about the themes of like, you know, business ethics and you know like, yeah, so, yeah you know, maybe. science and and that sort of thing and all that all that kind of discussion and those themes to the movie of like, should we you know if we had the ability should we bring dinosaurs back? It's like right, there's really it, a lot there. It's definitely there if you want it, but if you yeah. want it to be as surface level as I'm here for a good time. It, yeah. it offers that also, which is yeah, not an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. The only usually I do like a lot more like reading about the movie and stuff before, mm-hmm. like beforehand. But in this time, in this case, I decided to like try and read the book. So I was listening to the audiobook, and I never, I never finished it. But I will say, like, I'm really enjoying it so far. <laughs> and I was like blown away at like the writing of the book. Like I thought it was. I was expecting it. I had always heard it's like a really long book and it like yeah. takes forever for them to like get to the events of like the movie and that sort of thing. So I'd always like kind of put it off. Like I was always interested in it. Yeah. But like from like the first chapter, like just the way it's written, it, it really captured my attention. I don't know about you guys, but I, I was really enjoying it. I've always heard about the differences between the book and the movie. And so I, mm. anyway, yeah, no, oh. I, I was enjoying it. I think it's fantastic. Um, like, and I've got a lot I could say about the book and like, yeah, there are differences. The fact that Steven Spielberg could change as much as he did and still make a great movie says yeah. a lot about him, but yeah, like I'm not a fan of remaking movies. Like as a principle, I just think like, Hey, we've got a really good movie. Just leave it alone. Like we don't have to do it again. But if someone wanted to make like a super faithful adaptation of the book, I would be so all over that. Like it is so fantastically written and it's super interesting and compelling in its own way. Like even like just like the prologue to the book, like chapter one, it's since I, I know you've at least gotten that far. So like there's that scene that's like, Here's the hospital on on like coast in Costa Rica. And this guy shows up with this mysterious injury. Like, I would love to see that just as a short film. Like, give me give me 10 minutes of that. Like, that would be fantastic. It's just Mm -hmm. it is so well written and such a well-crafted story. Like. The only other time I've seen that is in uh, No Country for Old Men. So like I'd seen okay. the movie and like everyone like that movie's very good. Everyone thinks it's fantastic and it is. Mm-hmm. And I read the book afterwards and I was like, oh, the Coen brothers just turned this page for page into a movie, like almost line for line. The entire time is just yeah. straight out of the book. Nice. It's like, oh, no, the, the real genius is with Cormac McCarthy here who wrote it. And they just said, we'll just take that and just perfectly put it on the screen and we'll just call it a day make a ton of money and win a couple yeah. Oscars. <laughs> like I, I would love to see someone do that with Jurassic Park because that book is awesome. I'd be yeah. down for that. Yeah. And I think I, I'm kind of a bummer and I kind of like it. I love a good tragedy. 
and there are some real tragic storytelling aspects to the book that I'd also really kind of like to see, you know, played out a little more than what we've gotten in the past. I know from what I've heard in the book, I, I had read like, I've read like two thirds of it. So I haven't gotten to like the end of it. Um, but I'd always heard that like Ian Malcolm like dies in the book, but he yes, survives, he survives in the movie yeah. and now he's in the sequel. So then they had to kind of, that kind of affected what they did with the lost world as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, 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 there are some pretty significant changes in mm-hmm. the movie, but again, that just goes to show how how well it was made. Actually, I want to look this up because I think I remember. I think Michael Crichton helped write the screenplay. He did, yeah, yeah. Michael Crichton helped write the screenplay, which is interesting that he would write this book, and then he was like, "Oh, we want to make it to a movie. I'll help you change all this stuff you want to change." <laughs> like. <laughs> Most writers wouldn't do that, but I think that maybe helps why it was so good is because this guy's like, hey, I invented all this stuff and all these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe just let me handle it. Yeah. It's interesting, <laughs> at least. I think one of the like the big big changes is just um the way like with the music and with like Spielberg's direction, there's a real sense of like wonder and like excitement about the dinosaurs. Like it's like balanced between like this, like excitement about dinosaurs and like the terror of like dinosaurs are going to eat me <laughs> kind of thing. And like, it's kind of a, a different tone than like the book reads. Cause it's definitely more of just like a science fiction thriller. I mean, it's very like, the beginning of it is very like investigative, like oh, investigative, yeah. like like procedural of like of like what's going on, kind of mystery aspect to it. But this they, is kind of kind of different. That is interesting. Like the pacing is different. Like the first, so the the opening scene of the movie gives you like the workers and the raptor cage and all this stuff, and then we see our like that scene with the brontosaurus where you first like see the dinosaurs 20 minutes in Mm -hmm. this is a two-hour movie and so like they give you a lot of screen time with the dinosaurs which is good the book does not give you anything like it's called jurassic park there's a dinosaur on the front and if you've never seen the movie or know nothing about it you have no idea that this guy has brought dinosaurs back to life and they slow play it and they draw Mm -hmm. it out like Yeah. yeah that's really cool but like here we are. Jurassic Park's a phenomenon. You're, you're never going to get that again. You're not going to call something Jurassic Park and they're like, surprise, there's actually dinosaurs in here. Like, will never happen. Until Jurassic World. <laughs> no, the book is paced differently and told differently. And I think that it's actually kind of great. Okay, the girl who played Lex looks like Heath Ledger. <laughs> I couldn't unsee that the whole time. I can see that. Yeah. I get it. It's not 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 bad at all. Right. Round table. Who is y'all's favorite character in the movie of Jurassic Park? Honestly, it's probably Ian Malcolm. I knew you would pick that one. I pro I mean And I know which one you're gonna pick, probably. Here's a sidebar. Me? We're having a PowerPoint party tonight, like all of us in church. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's very fun. And so mine is like my dream breakfast crew. 
like you know yes. old like we're all hanging out at a diner we have breakfast once a week these are the the five movie characters i'd like to have in my breakfast crew ian malcolm's one of them okay <laughs> it's like this dude yeah. is he's always got something to say <laughs> like he'd be fun what? to listen to at six in the morning <laughs> <laughs> anyways you know we we always toss around the idea of can we order bacon but is, <laughs> should, should we? we order bacon Jonathan, who's your favorite character? Uh, Doctor Grant. I knew it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, if it's not I mean, Ian Malcolm, I, I mean, as a kid, I feel like I didn't really even, I didn't really like him, you know, as, as a character. As a kid, you're just like, he's not. What, what was this guy? <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. He's trying no. to he's trying to move on move in on Doctor Sather. What's going on? That's that's Doctor Grant's girl. But yeah. um, yeah, I I always liked him. That's why part of the reason why I liked the third one where they brought him back. So, Jeremy, yeah. who's your pick? Oh, we all know. <laughs> we are rounding it out. Good old Ellie Sattler. Best character. Best character. Best character. First off, so J- J- Jeremy, you finished the audiobook. Jonathan, you're most of the way through it. Yeah. In the book, it... I finished it two months ago. Yeah, nah, I understand. In the audiobook, I wasn't entirely sure if uh, Alan Grant and Ellie Sattler were like romantically involved. Right. Yeah. The yeah, book yeah, keeps yeah. it pretty vague. The movie is like from the beginning, like yeah, these two are yeah. in love. So much so to where I read that book and I hadn't seen this in a while, and then we went and saw the newest one, and I was like, "Why are they adding this? They don't have anything." <laughs> yeah, it's. I thought that was interesting because yeah. i was like they don't they don't seem involved they don't call each other like honey and stuff like they do in the movie they right. keep it pretty like pretty vague mm-hmm. it seems a lot more like i'm a i'm a you know doctoral student and this is the guy that i work with it seemed yeah. much more like a professional relationship yeah yeah anyways when we were supposed to record this the first time <clears throat> like a week before we had originally planned to record something came out on Twitter. Someone wrote this article. Do you have any idea how old Laura Dern was when they made Jurassic Park? Uh, well, she is in her fifties now. Was she like 23 or something? She was 23. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) And Sam Neill was 43. And so people are looking back at this now, like, Oh, that age gap is ridiculous. Like, Mm-hmm. like this is this was 1990 this like this shouldn't be happening anymore for, i did for, notice that was the age gap in the book i would they say like for one thing ages. yeah there's a reason for that because <laughs> once i got to that point in the book where it says that ellie sattler's 24 i'm like can't be mad at the movie they're just sticking to the script yeah <laughs> but another thing to this day i don't think she looks 23 I think she in, looks in the, in the okay in the movie. I think that Ellie Sattler looked just a little bit younger than Alan Grant. She does not look twenty three. I think it's the it, hair. It's the hair and how they dress. Yeah, like she dresses a lot more like a mom than yeah. someone my age. <laughs> that's the like, thing. Like she's she's very mature. Yes, yeah, and I understand is. that. Like that's fine. Yeah. 
I was blown away. I thought she was. She looked like she's in her thirties. Yeah, she she looked way older than she actually was. Yeah, yeah. So that was my little piece of like that came. That was the little news for people like she was twenty years younger than him. I'm like, Ew. <laughs> that's crazy. Ugh. Yeah, uh, watching it as a kid, I'm just like, well, they look like adults. But they, you know, and she does look. Yeah, uh, looks good to me. <laughs> the right age. <laughs> Oh, brother. I think it's interesting. I think there's there are two really nice pieces of like parallelism almost in this story that I really like. For one thing, the computer code and the dinosaur DNA, they're kind of like paired up with each other. Like this yeah. is a story about control, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole thing is that like you can't everyone's unsure it's like you can't control these dinosaurs like it, you don't know what they're gonna do yeah and, and that gets proven by like their dna they're breeding in the wild they're like all these problems are coming up you can't control it and then you've got yeah. dennis nedry who's goofing up you know messing with the computer code you can't control that either yeah and they make a, a point to say that there's like two million lines of code in the computer code there's like 20 million lines like in like the yeah. genetic code, like they're mm-hmm. very clearly putting those two things together. Like you can't yeah. control the dinosaurs, you can't control the computers, and when both of those things go wrong at once, you you get the movie. <laughs> yeah, and that's like, one of my favorite shots in the entire movie. It is so good. It's when the raptor comes in and like the, the, the projection is like all the codes are on his face. Yes. Oh, it looks so cool. That makes yes. so much more sense now. Someone, I saw that image on Twitter a couple weeks ago, and it said, this is better than anything I've ever seen in an MCU movie. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for sure. But there's that, and I also think, and this is another one straight from the book, but like, Ian Malcolm and John Hammond constantly butt heads with each other. And because like, Hammond's an optimist. He's like, we can do this. I've spared no expense. Like we can, we have all this under control. And Ian Malcolm is like, you can't control any of this. Like it's all going to come apart. You can't predict it. And yeah. they visually show that. How does Ian Malcolm dress? He's in all black, dark. Black. And John Hammond's in all white the whole time. Like yeah. just from the beginning, you can tell that these two are going to be yeah. opposing forces with each other like yeah that's awesome straight out of the book like again just following the script but like it's cool to see that you're like okay the guy in all white and the guy in all black are not going to get along well are they and the guy who played nedry yes he always wore like floral like wild looking shirts because he was the wild card Mm. Mm. (laughs) nedry our life's in your hands and you've got Butterfingers! (laughs) Butterfingers! <laughs> I think it's interesting that all three of us chose the top three main characters. It is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I I like Ian Malcolm. He's a he's an interesting guy. Yeah. I mean, I could see where he gets really annoying, but as a, as an adult, I really like the character. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's a voice of reason. He's honestly hilarious. He's very entertaining to just listen to the words that he says. He's he's very yeah. funny. Uh now John, uh there are going to be dinosaurs 
on this dinosaur tour, right? Um, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> I really hate that man. <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines is when he just goes, I really hate that man. It's great. <laughs> I mean, he's. Yeah, but when pirate, you know, the pirates don't try to eat the tourists, whatever. Like, I'm not going to nail the wording on that joke. That's a funny line. That's so mm-hmm. good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. but yes, but John, when the Pirates of the Caribbean break down, they don't try and eat the guests. There you go. <laughs> That's it. Ian Malcolm is so funny. He's so good. I think you're talking about favorite shots, and it's this isn't like anything like that's not well known or anything, but I just feel like I really love the shot of the T-Rex is chasing them in the Jeep, and you see the the shot of like, the side mirror and it's just like objects and mirror maybe closer than they appear. That like that's a good good little joke. Yeah. Even though like that's what would be on the mirror anyway. But I just like I just love that. That one's so good that they it used visible. it they used it in Toy Story 2. Yes. <laughs> With uh Rex chasing them in yeah. in the little Barbie car. They they recreate yeah. that shot. My favorite shot in the movie is probably during the T-Rex scene in the car. They have a big animatronic foot that they set down in the mud and you can see like the water being pushed out of the mud because, because there's a physical thing that they're placing down. They're not like CGIing it. Like that's what it looks like. Like, like, you know, when you go to the beach and you're walking on that, like perfectly wet sand and like, you can see the moisture getting pushed away. They've got a big shot of that. And it's like, it's so attentive to that detail. It is fantastic. Yeah. Like, you know, they set the animatronic down. Someone saw that. They're like, hey, hey, point the camera at that. Like, hey, let's make that a thing. <laughs> yeah. That's a good shot. It's very yeah. satisfying. And just mm-hmm. see, the, just seeing like the sheer weight of the dinosaur. Yes. It you know? gives it like another layer of like interaction with the world. It feels like mm-hmm. a real thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That. Apparently, on set, they had a lot of problems with the animatronics because they were doing so much like fake rain that hmm. apparently some of the electronics would just kind of wig out. And so <laughs> they're not using the dinosaur and all of a sudden it like starts moving and making noises and people <laughs> like freaking out because <laughs> no one's supposed to be controlling this thing. And all of a sudden it's swinging its head around and <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah. Like I'd have loved to seen that. That'd have been pretty funny. Um, another sort of like the water in the mud thing. I really loved when it's just the shot of the Barbasol can being buried yes. in the mud. Like it's going to become a fossil. I love yes. it. That, there is something like poetically resonant about that shot. Cause er- yeah. every time I watch it, I'm like, why did they have to show that besides the fact that they just could like, there's, yeah, yeah. there's something that feels significant about it. It's, it's, mm, that's a good choice. So does the Jurassic park franchise like have a monopoly on like dinosaur stories? Cause I'm trying to think dinosaur. of like, like, yes, there's like some like animated dinosaur you know movies and franchises like that but like live action like no one has ever done it better i think people are scared now because this is such a this is the peak and it will always Mm. be the peak of dinosaur Mm. films or honestly monster films in general like 
I think people are too scared to even match it because it's not going to be as good. It's that's funny. You should ask that. Like, I can't. I think the only thing I can think of that's similar. There is that Disney movie Dinosaur that came out in right. 2000. Yeah. Which was like. Even I've as a young child, that. I remember seeing that and I was like, I don't like this. There's something about the way these guys look that yeah. ain't right. Yeah. I think that's the closest thing. Like, Ooh, okay, I got one. Are you going to say Journey to the Center of the Earth? Oh, no, that's a good one. Dang it. Isn't well, there a dinosaur in one of those? Yeah, there's yeah, a dinosaur in Okay. So I've, we covered it. We like commented like this movie was made in 2008 and it still looks worse than the original Jurassic Park. <laughs> right, in right, 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 right. <laughs> See, I haven't um, seen. I saw that once back in 2008, so I have no idea if that was something <laughs> yeah. I made up or not. No, nah, it's pretty bad. Um, but no, we're forgetting about Dinotopia. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've not heard of I was going to bring this. that up. I was going to bring that up. I'm so glad you mentioned what this. What in the world okay. is Dinotopia? Dude, it is a mini series that it's a Hallmark channel, apparently. <laughs> oh, <mini-series. laughs> okay. And as a kid, this was amazing. Yeah, like, yeah this yeah, was yeah. this was the successor to Jurassic Park as a kid. And I rewatched this as an adult several years ago, and it was bad. <laughs> it is so bad. Like I was genuinely mad when I saw it, like one of the commentary, like Drew Gooden on YouTube. Was mm-hmm. like, oh, look at this cringy movie. Let's let's make fun of it. Like, I was like, no, it, it's good. And then I watched the video. I was like, that's valid. It's pretty bad. My man <laughs> makes some points. <laughs> <laughs> points were made, <laughs> and I'm no longer mad. But no, Ugh. it. I had a lot of good memories about it. It's kind of funny to like make fun of. So if you ever want to watch it. That is an interesting. I, got, one. I gotta look. That it, up. it was like a utopia where dinosaurs and people like coexisted peacefully. Yeah. Mm. And like, like this, how about that? Like, there's like uh, obviously it's based on books. Wasn't there like their butler, or like their caregiver, was a dinosaur? And he like spoke English and like he had glasses, <laughs> kind of like in George of the Jungle with a the ape. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Except it wasn't voiced by John Cleese, right? I just <laughs> forgot something. There is. It has a, Lupin in it. Oh my goodness. I forgot. Yeah. David Thewlis. <laughs> yes. It's got the dude from. Is it? I, I always thought that was. Uh, well, it's Prison Break. But isn't that the guy from Supernatural? Okay. I'm going to have to watch Dinotopia. Because. It's bad. Still I just had bad. such good memories of that as a kid, and I was I so let down when I rewatched it. I was just, oh man, like I could still enjoy it. I'd probably watch it again, just because it's nostalgic. Yeah, but just, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jesse. Well, before we let you go, I know it's been a while since you've been on the podcast, and since then, we've instituted the famous IQ test. This is where we ask movie-related questions. There's no there's no wrong answers here. It's strictly your opinion. We're not going to judge you. Hopefully. <laughs> so, are you ready for question number one? Yes, sir. All right, Jesse, what was the first movie you remember seeing in theaters? Hmm. The first movie I think I remember seeing 
was probably the Polar Express, but I also know that I fell asleep wow. during that movie. What? Wow. Uh, I do when not did like Polar that. Express come out. I do not like oh, that four? movie. Um, to this day, like I, I do not like it. I don't know why anyone likes it. But my grandma took us. It came out in two thousand four, which is about right okay. for me okay. to like remember a, a day at the theater. So if it wasn't the Polar Express, then it was probably Shark Boy and Lava Girl. It was one of those two. <laughs> it was one of those two, as far as like okay. the first one I remember. I'm sure my parents took, probably took me to see some Disney movie, but I don't remember it. Jordan, I don't think you like Polar Express, right? I yeah, I wasn't a big fan of it. You Not, you really liked it. I and wanted to watch Polar it. Polar Express, and I was just never into it. Yeah, I Not we also read the book. But I loved it, and the, like the animation is really, really weird. I think that's really mm-hmm. what it is for me. The animation I, creeps me out so much, I just cannot bear to watch it. Yeah, I, I think it's one of the most adventurous Christmas movies, though. That's why I like that. Um, but I'm also partial because I played that kid in eighth grade in our oh. winter play. That's my first dramatic role. Wow! In, in the theater. What was my your second first comedic one, role? <laughs> My first comedic role. Well, yeah, there's definitely drama and comedy. Let's. As oh. life's a comedy. <laughs> comedy bearers. Uh, no, my first ever theatrical role. How about that? Mm, and then, okay, my second ever was like two weeks ago. <laughs> two weeks ago. <laughs> So. I added that to my watch list. I did not realize that that movie is three hours long. Oh, it's it is really long. It is a doozy. That is yeah. like a Sunday night movie or something. Yeah, and my my character doesn't even have his song in that movie. They cut that song out. So <sighs> terrible. I'll have to Skype oh. you in. Okay. <laughs> Skype. What is this? Twenty twelve. I still say that. That's that's my that's my like old guy. Thing. I'm gonna say Skype through to the end of my days because that's just like the Kleenex of of my tissue, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's a Skype. You skyping? <laughs> Anyways, question two. All right, question number two. Was your family a blockbuster family or a Hollywood video family? Did Polo, Missouri, have either of those? I was about to say I grew up in the middle of nowhere, so y'all had the grocery store, right? Yes, we had high class. <laughs> Which was the local grocery store, the only grocery store in town, and they rented movies. And so that was like our movie rental thing. Now, to answer your question more properly, I remember going to a blockbuster and I've never even seen a Hollywood video. So short answer, blockbuster. Blockbuster. Okay. I rented uh, Scooby-Doo and the... uh, the one with the aliens. I don't Classic. know. I was, the I was alien like, invaders. Was, that one. Yes, that's the one. I was yeah, like yeah. five. Nice. <laughs> All right. Question number three. By the way, that was the correct answer. We are blockbuster <laughs> family. Question number three. Uh, what's the craziest snack you've ever snuck into the theater? See, I actually. Every time I hear you guys do this, I was like, I need to have a good answer for this. So I like went out of my way to do <laughs> something a little crazy. Yes. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> you know those um, big mozzarella pearls that are like pre-sliced? 
pearls. Yeah, like a big like ball like of mozzarella Like a glob of cheese. mooch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, a fresh they, mozzarella, you know? Yeah, one of those. They come like pre-sliced. Okay. I snuck one of those into a theater. No and way. a big ball of mozzarella cheese. I love that. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's a good way to watch a movie, not gonna lie. I'm like, I need to do this more often. No bathroom breaks, too. You're guaranteed. <laughs> That is one That's of my favorite awesome. snacks. I was like, I need to get one of those to a movie theater. Jeremy will love it. <laughs> That's awesome. I, didn't, I wouldn't even have thought of that. We'll have to try that next time. Yeah. Next time I need to bring a little basil, a little tomato, a little yeah. bruschetta. Caprese. <laughs> All right. Question number four. Um, what is your opinion on subtitles? Are you for or against them? I think everything should have subtitles all the time um yes there, there is there is no i've I, I feel so strongly about subtitles i've seriously considered on a couple occasions like lying to the manager of a movie theater saying that i'm hearing impaired just to get <laughs> subtitles up on the to screen the i've thought about it i've seriously oh, wow. thought about it like that is how strongly i feel i think subtitles would be great on everything well you can request a device they don't put it on the sc- on the screen, but you request like an audio impaired thing. It's like a little device you clip on the back of the seat in front of you, mm. um, and it's like and you that put it subtitles? eye level. Yeah, it's it's got like a little arm, and it has a little tiny LED screen, and it looks really old, but uh, and it is eye level with the bottom of the screen, and you can watch watch it with subtitles. Hmm, I might. So. Might have to try that at least. I've once. never tried it, but well, I handed them out when I worked at the theater a lot. Right. So, I mean, I wish I, podcasts had subtitles, but then I'd have to like watch a podcast. Yeah, that ain't worth it. I, I yeah, they have those those like transcription services. Yeah, but I'm like, I'm not gonna pay for that. No, I <laughs> I just I love a subtitle. I think you catch so much more of the dialogue, like we talked about with this movie. Like, there's a lot of funny lines yeah. in there that you'll never hear if you're not. If it's not on the screen. Yeah. Plus, I've watched enough foreign movies at this point that like they don't bother me. I don't think they're disruptive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the only problem is when a subtitle is already in the movie. Like if someone's hard to understand or speak another language and then they put the subtitle on top of it. And that's the only time I'm annoyed with it. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. I don't need it twice. Good answer. Right. Good answer. <laughs> it's like Family Feud. Yeah, we should throw the Family Feud clips in there. All right, question number five. What movie, in your opinion, is totally overrated? Totally overrated? Um, yeah. 2001 A Space Odyssey. I, I agree. I, I agree so much I didn't finish it. <laughs> Here's a short answer on this one. I don't need to get into it. There is a perfect movie in there that is like bookended by about 20 minutes on either side of just complete nonsense. Yeah, like everything from when they get on the spaceship. Brilliant. The story of like your your three astronauts and Hal 9000 brilliant storytelling. You don't need the part at the beginning. You don't need the part at the end. Just give me the middle. Yeah. Yeah. And say it's like an Oreo, except the cookie's good in an Oreo. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Mine is definitely Scott Pilgrim versus the world. But oh. I have been convinced. I have been convinced to watch it a second time. So Sarah doesn't like that movie. 
I think it's pretty entertaining. But I also really, really like all of Edgar Wright's movies. So yeah, I mean, I do, he, I do too. It's just I just don't like that one. I don't know why. Yeah, I think that's it's the only one of his that's not original. Like he's written okay. every other movie he's made, but yeah. that one is based on someone else's work, and so that mm-hmm. might put it just just far enough outside of like his like real comfort. Yeah, getting crazy with stuff. I don't know. All right, I've got one last question, and it's, if money is no object, which snack are you buying at the movies? So for Fresh a long... mozzarella. <laughs> so for a long time, Sarah and I used to buy, like, the sweet tart ropes, and that was, like, mm. our, our going to the movie snack. But mm. I've recently had my mind changed. There's a really great theater here in St. Louis that I really love. It is like family owned. They show like two movies a day. It's the same movie. They have like an afternoon and a night show. And and so like it's like super, super chill. It's a cool theater. And they have undeniably the best popcorn in the city. I don't even like popcorn that much. Like I I normally would never buy it at a theater. I'll buy it here. Like that theater is very good. And so what we started doing is we'll get like we'll just buy like a Coke and then a bag of popcorn and then this little candy called snow caps. You know what those mm. are? Yeah, those are good. Yeah. yeah, they're like chocolate chips with the little like sprinkles on them. Yeah. And you just eat the popcorn with the snow caps all at once. And it is like the perfect, like salty, sweet little snack. Yeah. Like at first I was like, Sarah, why did you buy this grandma candy to put <laughs> this <laughs> grandma candy? Popcorn? What's the matter with you? <laughs> and then I tried it. And I'm like, okay, these are actually very good together. So yeah. I think, I think that's kind of the, it's kind of the go-to. Okay. Otherwise, I'm usually not like a big like buying snacks at the movie guy. All right, Jesse, I was calculating your scores, and you scored a 42 on the IQ test. 42. That's Jackie Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> 42 from, out of 42 from the movie Jackie Robinson. <laughs> from the movie. Jackie Robinson. <laughs> from the movie. He's one of my favorite movie characters. Oh my goodness. Favorite baseball player based off of a movie <laughs> character. <laughs> oh, good grief. That's great. I love jokes like that. They're my favorite. <laughs> movie magic. <laughs> like, I see jokes like that on Letterboxd all the time. They're oh. like... I guess last question before we wrap it up. It is about wrap time. Uh, what is your Letterboxd score? I have given... The first time I watched it on Letterboxd, I gave it four and a half stars, okay. which is darn high. I do not give that score out very often. Yeah. After watching it again, I'm like, it's probably not as good as I think it is. It's I do love it that much. Yeah. But it's also a little corny in some ways that like maybe don't deserve that high of a score. It's at least four stars. I mean, it's yeah. That's one of I'm my favorite. It's one of my favorite movies, just outright. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. It's so good. I'm at a 4.5. <laughs> um, just because I wanted to say I like it better than you. Nope, that's fair. Like, you're you're totally entitled to that. No, I'm really not. I'm more of an optimistic raider on that. So I have a lot of five, 5.0 movies. Um, yeah. So on that's... my scale, it's a little bit different. So... 
Yeah, that's a point of contention between me and my friends that use Letterboxd is that we all have a different kind of like yeah, rating scheme in general. Yeah. And so I've got one friend that's like, you have 16 movies that you've rated five stars. That's way too many. But like he rates every like practically nothing rates higher than three stars for him. I'm like, you're you're he, wasting. He doesn't know how to enjoy life. Yeah, I'm like, no, you and like, you're like, this is a great movie, fantastic, super well made, three stars. I'm like, screw you, <laughs> like, no, three you're stars the worst like, person I've ever met. I do three stars if it's an average, like if that's like it, exactly. If it doesn't stand out, I don't care. If I three stars opinion, is three the, stars is the good side of average. Yeah, two and a half stars is the bad side of average. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Whatever. It's bad, but I still don't have an opinion on it. And then Bingo. two is like that's bad, and then like one is like ugh, and then like point five is like Pulp Fiction, where I hate it. <laughs> I've rated one movie half a star, and it was pretty bad. Yeah. Well, Jesse, thanks for coming on and talking dinosaur with us. Oh, thank you guys so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this for so long. I love this movie, and I knew you guys would be fun to talk to about it. And (laughs) I was right, so it makes me pretty happy. We're fun. (laughs) You are fun. Yay. Cool. And what's the name of your podcast for everyone listening? Uh, It is the Secret Language Podcast, which is a joke that you would only understand uh, if you listen like the first four episodes when Matt and my brother were on there when my brother and I were on there together. And now that it's a solo podcast, the name doesn't make a lot of sense, but no one listens to it now unless people would listen to it. If I changed the name on them. So it (laughs) remains. That's great. And you were on there. It's been a while. When was that? When did we record that? October, I think. October. Okay. That's when I came down to Bowling Green to visit. So I think that was October. Did you good grief? It's been almost a year. I have not done yeah. anything to it. I, okay, I cool. need to. I was like, I don't know if I missed it or not. No, you didn't. Well, me I'm and Jesse did crazy. a short film, and maybe you'll see that whenever it comes out. I'll maybe. put a link I in the show notes. That. I need to just edit it together and let it be bad, and it'll be fun. So next time, it's going to be your turn on the podcast to pick a movie. Uh, do you have a hint for us of what we're going to be covering? I've got a great one. This one has been... This episode has been two months in the working, uh, so it's going to be great. Um, here's a clip. Since when are you interested in a match, Harper? I thought you just had your eye on your books. <laughs> and you have your eye on the rabbi's son. Well, why not? We only have one rabbi, and he only has one son. Why shouldn't I want the best? Because you're a girl from a poor family. So whatever Yenta brings, you'll take, right? Of course, right. Huddle! Oh, Huddle! Have I made a match for you? He's handsome. He's young. All right, he's 62, but he's a nice man, a good catch. True? True. I promise you'll be happy. And even if you're not, there's more to life than that. Don't ask me what. All right, so our show art was done by Bryce Bridgman, and you can find him on Instagram at groovybridge. And he also has a website, BriceBridgman.com. And you can find us on Instagram at InsideQuotesCast. Give us a follow. If you have any ideas for a new episode that you want us to cover, a movie that you loved growing up, hit us up. Or you can just send us Star Wars memes like Tyler Peterson does. 
always a good time. Shout out. Um, and if you'd like to support the show in any way, check out our merch store. We have sweaters. It's about to be sweater weather again. Uh, we got t-shirts. We got a new mug. It's amazing. It's a good one. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please be sure to leave us a good review. Five stars, and we'll hold on to your butt. <laughs> you won't have to hold on to that yourself. We'll take care I of agree. all the rest. We will. <laughs> That's a good one. It's probably one of the best incentives we've offered. <laughs> yeah, let's get, we're, we really have the personal touch here at Inside Quotes. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed listening to us reminisce about our childhood and Jesse's childhood just as much as we have. And if you did, make sure you hit like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so that you don't miss out on a future episode. Until next week, don't get caught pooping. <laughs>